This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're, you're listening, listening to The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. I'm a man. And welcome along to The Score here on Lisburn's 98FM and Bangor FM with me, Michael Clark. Here's what's coming up on this week's programme. We cover action in the Premiership, Championship and at international level with guests joining us from Coleraine, Newry City and the Northern Ireland women's team. Plus, we'll take a comprehensive look at the fixtures in the Danske Bank Premiership and give you our thoughts on who might come out on top. Not just involved this weekend, but also a full round of fixtures on Tuesday coming up. So lots of things to consider for the managers. And I'm not just talking the fantasy football ones. The Score with Michael Clark. It's time to welcome our first guest on to the score this afternoon, and I'm very pleased to say joining us from Korean Football Club, it's Stephen Larry. Stephen, good to have you back on the show. How are things? Uh, thanks very much, Michael. Um, keeping well, and uh, thanks for having me on. No, good to talk to you again. It's fair to say your team have been on a brilliant run after losing your first two league games, and plenty of people starting to think, what's happening at Korean? Uh, now they're going, can anyone stop Korean? It's a funny old game, isn't it? Um... It's a funny old game. We the first two games were uh, very hard mentally and physically. Um, and kind of going back then now, the, the first game against Larne and the, after the, the last season of not uh, having fans and all that, and it was just an unbelievable atmosphere. We actually played really well on the night and and conceded two late goals, which is disappointing. And then the second game against Cloughville. They were really good, and we, I think we played over really well that night. And all of a sudden, they've lost their first two games. Since then, we've kind of regrouped. We've—I wouldn't say I wouldn't really put down anything in particular. We've just got back to what we're good at. We've got uh, worked hard in training. We went on an unbeaten run, and their confidence is gradually kind of growing. And now we've got ourselves in the position where, you know, we're right back into the mix with the teams that we want to be with, and. Uh, <laughs> To see the the tables to kind of shape it up nicely, but something's going to have to give. I think there's, there's too many good teams, and we want to make sure we're kind of not getting too far away from that pack now. And that's probably our aim to, to stay in there after Christmas. Well, the two teams that beat, as you said, Lauren and Cliftonville, you banished one of those demons last week with a with a really good win, a three one win against Lauren at home, and you were more than value for it. That was a a, a fantastic performance. Um, we were super. That to be honest with you, Michael, I thought we were excellent. Um, and, you know, I read the reports of their manager saying, you know, they, they didn't think Lauren played well, but I, I just thought we didn't allow them to play well. We, you know, we were strong over the pitch and uh, obviously they're a full-time team and they've worked on a lot against us and stuff in terms of prepare, preparing for the match. So we knew that we had it in the back of our head about the game earlier in the season. We wanted to put that right and we wanted to send a message out to everyone else as well that, you know, our, our new pitch and... Uh, coming to Korean, it's always going to be as hard as it has ever been, you know what I mean? So, um, because it's always going to be a tough place to go and 
even when I played against Korean in previous years, I've, I've never liked the place that I've never liked to go. So and we want to get uh, get that back. They get get our home place into a fortress, and uh, hopefully this week against Clifford we can put it all wrong, right? Because that was something, and you know, it was always said about the Korean showground. Certain times of the year, the pitch would have cut up. It was difficult to play. Away teams would have used it as an excuse. You know, it's oh, it's hard to play here, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it wasn't for the the want to try. And I know what the climate's like up there. I haven't lived in Korean for a few years <laughs> myself. But now that you've got this, you know, new pitch, pristine service, all the rest of it, it actually puts a bit of pressure on you, doesn't it? Because now you know everybody's coming there. You're having to adapt to it as well, and you maybe lose a bit of that home advantage. So everybody's learning. I mean, most definitely. Um, what I would say is the like our fans have been unbelievable in terms of the, the numbers that are coming to the matches, the buzz around the club, the you know the atmosphere, the games. You know, honestly, I'm not. I'm just loving every minute, kind of playing playing this season. It's been it's been great. And then you're right about the pitch as well. We've kind of adapted how we play, but I'm not going to like say we've worked on anything new or. You know, our training's probably went up a notch, but we haven't worked on any new tactics or anything like that. It's just the way naturally the games kind of have went. We've, we've kept the ball a lot more uh, because we've have a, we have a better pitch to do that on. But you're right about the teams coming down as well. It should suit their games. Like we played Dungannon recently and we thought that, you know, uh, in previous years maybe, oh, we'll, we'll put it up to them. They're a good football team. We'll, we'll be physical today and we'll try and really put it up to them on a, on a scrappy pitch. Whereas the 3G pitch probably should have suited their game the way they play, but we've we've seen them off 2-0 you know, and we you know on a, on a really professional performance and stuff. So pitch pressure on us and should make for more you know, better football and uh, more pleasing on the eye and uh, hopefully that just my body can hold up and I can I can keep going on it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that first, Stephen, because that's that was what I was thinking. Just in in general terms, it plays faster. It's bound to be taking its toll some way but then I look at your appearances and you've played every single game in the league and you've played nearly every minute so you must be doing okay I will like I like to think that I can manage it quite well in terms of I know my body and know you know where I'm at but obviously you know it takes a lot of effort and commitment they kind of play every week and stay you know stay in the team and keep performances to a good level so you know, it's something like I'm. I'm totally dedicated to do it. But uh, like the pitch in general, it, it, I I wouldn't say it's been you know too sore on me or anything. We've got like don't get me wrong. I, I try my best, but I don't like I've got players around me who can do a lot of running. You know, if I can try and you know, use my experience, my past, and then you know that kind of side of my game, my tackling and stuff. I think it like you know, the likes of Jimmy Glacken and Conor McCandry and and Josh Carson, uh, you know, help help me out and. And do the, do the hard with yards as well, you know. <laughs> well, you've earned that right as an experienced head <laughs> in the team. It's nice to be able to have that. And you're right to point out the the home fans and the, I mean the number of season tickets. What was that like? Over 1,100, I think I saw, and which is incredible. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the atmosphere is like this Saturday because I'm going to be at the game myself. Marshall Gillespie had tweeted out about you know so far the average home attendances and Corian's the second highest in the league. That must make you so proud as a player. Um, and it just, I guess, gives everybody a big lift. Unbelievable. The club's done so much work off the, off the pitch. And, you know, obviously the manager's a big say in that because how he's got the team in the position they are, challenging the right end of the table is a big say in that too because, you know, fans want to come watch, you know, good players and good football and stuff. And honestly, as I said earlier, I just kind of really, 
it's really great to be involved in at the minute. And like I'm really looking forward to buzzing for the game last Friday night, just like I'm buzzing for the game this Saturday against Cuffinball. Looking forward to the whole atmosphere and the and the experience and stuff. But obviously when it comes down to the business end then and we have to do the business on the pitch. But listen, there's no I've been in town for big clubs in the past and stuff and like honestly there's no better like a Korean, a tight ground with a good set of home home man away fans, you know, it's, it's hard to beat. Like I think most players there is legal I'll tell you the same like. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And Cliftonville, they've been going great guns. They were beaten last weekend by Linfield, so you know that they're going to be going up the road looking for a response. It was never going to be an easy game anyway, but this is a great chance to maybe get your own back on them as well for that when they got against you. So it's brewing nicely for Saturday. It is. It's um, it's a massive game. The, the two teams are like obviously the first two in the league. But obviously they were, we're tight. There's a tight bunch behind us who can can leapfrog us. So like we probably nearly won the game on the top of the way the table looking. Um, but we know the quality they've got. They've they beat us early in the season, and you know that's just going to be it's going to be another really tough game. <laughs> and we've got a big week ahead after that. We're playing the Glens Tuesday and then we Saturday. So three actual huge games inside a week here. So um, we want to start the week off well. Um, with a win, but. You know how difficult it's going to be, and they've, they've signed really well at Cliftonville, and they've been really impressive. So I know they won't be, won't be wanting to, to get two defeats in a row, and the, their title they want to keep their kind of title uh, charge on, on track. So we're doing everything we can to, to kind of uh, stop it, and uh, hopefully we can you know we can we can uh, keep the good run going that we're on. It is incredible just how tight the top half of the table is. You're four points behind Cliftonville at the minute. Obviously, that could be one point if you get the result that you're looking for at the weekend. But you're, you've what three points between yourselves and sixth place Crusaders, and they've a game in hand. So know. you know, within a week or two, and with especially with the fixtures you've just outlined, you know, it could be oh panic stations, or it could be best thing in the world. And it's I don't even know how you begin to process that as a player. I guess it's the uh-huh. old adage: is it every game? At a time, it is. It is one game at a time, but like we will have the players will know that we have a big week ahead, and um, you're right. We could easily be sitting sixth after a week here, um, because of how tight it is. Like one result could genuinely get you put down two or three or four places. So, um, there's like, to be honest, I don't think there is much between the teams in terms of you know it's just about it's probably just about who manages it better now, um, and the, the tight run of games, but. I think after these run, these these this week of fixtures, you know, it is a bit more spread out, and it's probably back to a bit of normality. We just Saturday game, so it's a huge week in terms of just staying in there and and kind of staying close to where you want to be, and then probably reevaluate things in, and then you know take it from there. But I think it's at the minute, you know, we've played with these, we've got all three of these games at home, so that should be an advantage to us. Um, but. Aye, it's, it's just going to be it's going to be very interesting. I don't know. Hopefully, I'm sitting here next week with a smile on my face. You know what Yeah, I'm sure Oren Kearney's just thinking, just wrap everybody up in cotton wool. Nobody, nobody, pick up any wee knocks or niggles, please. <laughs> I mean, definitely we are squad and the biggest, but we that that's we still have good players there on the bench as well. So you're right, Oren will be you know Oren's very good at managing the players and managing the squad that he has. So. Uh, he'll, he'll be hoping for no, no niggles and hopefully because everyone comes through on the One player that understandably got the headlines last week for his performance and is, you know, he's so young is Patrick Kelly, 17 years of age. My goodness, did he look 
every bit an Irish League player for years uh, against Lorne. And I, I saw him a wee bit at the, the beginning of the season. And obviously, Oren seen enough of him to go right. You're not, uh, you're not waiting around. You're straight into this first team setup. Even you know if that means having to bide his time and, and get appearances. Just how how good has he been so far from your perspective? Being you know he's, playing with him. He's, oh, he's been he's been brilliant, Michael. Breath of fresh air, and like even he's really grounded in terms of you know how, how he goes about things, and um, seems to be very level headed. And in I room with him, we went to Bosnia in the European trip, and I room with him that that trip just to you know I think I won't get to sit him before, but you know you know keep him right, and it's his first trip away and stuff. And honestly, he's a pleasure, like and um, his ability is really 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 good, and he's got a lot of good attributes about him, and even for a young young person, he's like he's very physical in terms of he can handle himself, which is which is definitely needed in the Irish league. So like it wasn't a surprise that we put him in in terms of you know the ability and level that he's at, but it was more just the nature of the game in terms of Larn and such a massive game for both teams. But you know it just shows you that the trust and faith that Owen had in him and and he never let him down. Like so he's under no better man there to be to be learning in in the Irish league and we have a good change for him too. He'll he'll look after him and then keep him right. So I think he's in a good place there now and he won't be getting carried away and we'll be we'll be keeping him right and. And hopefully, you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of good things to come from from Patrick. That's a good wee buddy system there, anyway. So, do you have him in bed for the streetlights coming on? <laughs> I um, I looked after him, so I I got him in the bed before the before the boys had a beer. So. <laughs> I was going to say there there have been some interesting uh, rooming arrangements, I'm sure, in that trip. Uh, not everybody would necessarily be as quiet or as sensible. No, we were in bed early. Well, our room was in bed for a reasonable time, like in the. The rest of the boys, uh, well, at the time it was it was COVID restrictions, so we were in the hotel, but we stayed up for a while. And uh, no, Patrick is it was a learning learning curve for him. He'll learn as he goes along at, at Corey because <laughs> we've plenty of characters in the changing room. <laughs> um, just you know, from seeing the development at the ground, the new changing rooms, even uh, as a player, must be quite nice. You know, all of a sudden it looks a wee bit plush, and you you can feel very comfortable there. And you imagine if you're trying to attract people and you're showing them round. When things look modern and you know, yeah. it just makes the place all that bit more welcoming. Oh my God, it's brilliant! Uh, we've been it's free for us as players because we've been training the university Tuesday, Thursday before coming to show rounds on Saturday. You know, like listen, it still felt like your home. I'm not going to say that, but now it really feels like your home. Your home, all you're there all the time. You're training there. Change them now, or top drawer. They're modern. You're you know, it kind of feels like when I was at Liverpool before. Obviously, I was trained at Windsor and stuff, and uh, just to be honest, the, the change rooms are kind of somewhere inside how that looks, and it's nice, it's great, and the, no, the players are really looked after, and the clubs are taking things to another level, and uh, you know, just by the investment they've made and stuff. So, those players we really appreciate, and they you know they really looked after as well as players. So, um, no, it's brilliant. The whole things, the whole things, kind of moving along there nicely. But I think performances in the pitch are the most important thing to get to see and then to kind of grow that level and the crowds and stuff. So we need to keep at it. I know a lot's been said of Matthew Shevlin because of his goals, but maybe more should be said about Brown at the back because uh, he's slotted straight in. You, you, you know, Coleraine have prided themselves on having a good defence over the years or have tried to at the very least. You've plenty of options. Uh, you know, when you look down through recent years of good centre back pairings, but Rodney's come straight in, hasn't he, and done fantastic. Yeah, he's been he's been superb to be honest. He's been like you say, he's been kind of 
quietly unnoticed. And um, but I, don't, I think with the fans that watch him every week, I'll really appreciate the you know, how good he is. And us as players, like you're right in saying, in previous years we've had you no know, really solid back four. And I think like foundations for like league titles and challenging for anything is is on a back good back four and keeper. Like so, you know, we've lost you know, Aaron, Aaron Cannon's moved on, and then like, we've had a mall there who is a, is a really top player too. He just struggled with injury, but he's coming back now. And got Stevie, and then Rodney's just fitted in really well. So you're right, like Matthew's done superbly well, and. He's been getting all the probably praise because of his goals, but you know he he's working very hard as well. To be honest, he, they they haven't been just flukes. He's he's working his socks off every week and putting on big big stats and big performances. And then the signings have kind of better than well. So I think again, Orange probably got that right just in terms of the signings he's brought in. Have just come in and, and slept them well. They are him and are playing. And talk to me now about last thing, Lyndon Kane hitting that penalty. Now it was a good penalty, but I, I was surprised. <laughs> That Lyndon got it. How how did that come about? It just came about. Well, I was on them from last year and I hadn't missed. And like I'm not precious about things like that to be honest at all. I mean, I'm happy for just as long as the ball comes to the back of the net. Like I'm, I'm not going to say I'm, a, uh, I'm not a goal scorer, but I was hitting the penalties and I was happy, I was happy to hit them. But but when I missed one, then I was like happy for the baton to be passed on. And I think like Orn, like Lyndon did fancy him, so they hit them, and I think. I'm not sure if he had a comment. Warren probably just asked him if he wanted to take them, and he, and he said he did. So, and that was that. And I've got absolutely no qualms about it at all. Um, so I think London will be on the night that he misses, and then someone else may pick up the baton. <laughs> I saw that wee nervous smile on his face that made me think he wasn't sure if he was definitely scoring <laughs> it or not, but he did. <laughs> I, I, oh, listen, it was a brilliant. It was a, it was a big goal for us at the time, and that'll do his confidence the world of good because obviously he's never been a kid regular penalty taker in the past so I mean that'll give him a good, good confidence for the next one he hits and I mean sure you never know he could be a he could be a 10 goal season man now with penalty <laughs> that's uh, if anyone hasn't already drafted him into their Niffle fantasy football team they're going good point there mate Stevie right let's get Lyndon in somewhere <laughs> very good uh, well look best of luck for the weekend I look forward to the match it should be an absolute clinker of a game to be honest two really good teams going strong in the league so um well, let's see what happens. Thanks very much for coming on to the show. No bother, Michael. Thanks. The score with Michael Clark. So that is a Premiership perspective. Now let's take a little trip to the Championship, shall we? Darren Mullen, the Newry City manager, is on the line, ready to talk to us now. And Darren, your team have been going brilliantly. It's uh, good to have you on to talk about it. Fine, Michael. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. We're, we're going well, well at the minute, so it's nice to be talking about uh, things when, when we are going well after our recent blip, if you like. Yeah, well, I was going to come on to that, but you brought it up, so let's start there. Um, you know, get, it out, get it out of the road. Get yeah. it out of the road. People, you know, looked at the start of the season and got, oh, there's Nuri running away with it. Well, you know, there's the script written. And then, <laughs> what was going on there? Because I'm sure it was a bit of a nervy time. Well, I remember doing a couple of interviews when we won the first six and uh, I'd said at the time look, we won't go through the season you know, unbeaten, that's not realistic in this league I've, I've experienced enough to know that uh, you know things take a twist in this league, anybody can beat anybody in it and that's that turned out to be the case um, you know because it is a very difficult league but within that period it's it's uh, and like, I don't make, make any excuses but you know we had a horrible run of injuries in the middle of that we had about five or six players out for you know, three or four weeks um, and you could tell that in our, in our performances um, we weren't getting the same team out every week you seem to be doing 
good in parts and and you know and then someone else would get injured so it uh you know it coincided with, with missing players but you, know, you can see now at the minute even odds are on a you know a bit of a sticky patch and and that'll happen to everybody at some point throughout the season so hopefully we've we've had ours and, and just to try and get a wee bit of consistency in our play now What's that like with players coming in? Because, you know, as a manager, I'm sure, you know, you're aware, okay, we don't have our ideal start in 11, but equally you've a team to put out and you want them to do a job and you're not going to say to them, well, look, I wasn't going to pick you if it wasn't for injuries. So so what is that balancing act like when results aren't going well and you have people who are trying to earn their place and it's just not quite happening for them? Yeah, and it's, it is a squad game, you know, and that's where you need players to come in and, and step up to the plate. It's difficult for those players to come in cold if you like and, and with, where there's no consistency around them we, you know we were having to change three and four players in different positions so you know that that has a, as a you know a, a fact on the team as a whole you know it wasn't as if we had players are coming in that weren't fit for the role it just meant that we weren't getting a wee bit of fluidity in our play if you like um and again you're coming up against um good teams you know, there's not one bad team in this league um it's a difficult league from top to bottom you know, and, and no results surprise you anymore. Again, I said that when we were, you know, doing really well at the start. Um, you know, the Queens are sitting sitting bottom, and we did very well to beat Queens. You know, they had a great chance to realize later on, and we went up the field and scored our second. So, um, that just shows you the quality of 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 the league. So, it's 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 important that you have a good squad at the moment. And thankfully, um, at the moment, apart from Ryan McGovern be suspended for the game now, apart from Ryan, we'll have a full squad. I was going to say, I, I was half expecting to be called the Jinx because I bumped into you at a petrol station, which we'll not name. You were doing a pit stop on the way back from that victory and I was uh, finishing up after another game and decided to, to refuel. And we got a bit of a chat then because you were, you were going great guns. Yeah, we, we were, but even within that, we weren't getting carried away. Um, you know, because it was very early in the season and because of the nature of the league, you know, so we weren't, and that's just not, so that's the players and, and the rest of the coach staff as well because there's a lot of experience within there. Um, you're gonna have to work really hard to, to earn anything, and it's like you know, ability on its own won't get you um, promotion. You're gonna have to dig deep. You were coming into the winter months, and you know the grounds are gonna be heavier. It's gonna be more difficult. Um, you know, it's a bit of a leveler, and in, in, in terms of of some of the grounds, some of the teams you play against. So, serious amount of football to be played yet. But all we wanted to do was make sure we're still in the mix come Christmas time in the new year. And at, at the minute, we're we're on course to be in the mix. So, um. We just need to keep that going. You know, next game up is, is Dundalla, and for us, that's the most important game of the season at the minute. And with so much football still to be played, you, you look at the league and uh, the Premiership's tight, the Championship's tight too. Ten points between yourself and seventh place, so it does show you what a run, good or bad, can do to a side. Yeah, because it's really, I know we're sitting six points clear at the moment and it looks good, but uh, that, that's really a two-game swing. You know, we lose two games and our teams catch up, that, that's wiped pretty quick. Um, you know, and I'm not getting carried away being six points clear. And if I was in any, any of the manager's positions just below us, you know, I'd be thinking the same. You know, six points isn't enough a lot to catch up on. So all we can do is look after ourselves. Michael, you know, we're not watching anybody else's results. We just need to make sure we win our games and, you know, everything else will take care of itself. Do you feel a sense of pressure or expectancy with Newry City and the supporters because... You know, you've been in the Premiership in, in recent times and, and many people are expecting you to get back there fairly quickly. Yeah, of course, there's a certain amount of pressure with it. It's, it's probably different from the last time where we went uh, to the Premiership. You know, that was probably unexpected at the time. This time here where, you know, 
class is one of the favourites. Um, you know, and I said it myself at the start of the season that promotion is the aim. So, you know, I, I'll put more pressure on myself than anyone else will. Um, it's just a matter of handling that and making sure that you know the players in the right frame of mind. You know, they'll put certainly the pressure on themselves as well because they want to succeed. But it's just managing it. You know, it's not a case of pressure where it's affecting your performances or or how you behave as a manager. It's you know, it's it's making sure that. The conditions and the atmosphere around the club is right for, and everything's in place for us to try and succeed and give us the best chance of success. So, yes, of course, there's, there's pressure on it as a manager. It's up to me to make sure we we win games. Just in terms of the geography of Newry, I mean, everybody knows where it is. But, you know, sometimes when people are talking about the Premiership, they say, is it hard for a team like Warren Point to recruit because of where they are in the country? Well, I mean, you're only a couple of miles around the corner from their ground. So is it hard for you to, to, to attract the sort of players you want in the Championship? Or because you're a team pushing for promotion, is it a bit easier maybe than than your sort of local rivals in the Premiership might have it? No, it's 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 easier up until a point. I mean, the higher up you go, um, the pool of players that are fit to play at that level becomes smaller. You know, should it be from any area in in, in Northern Ireland? Um, you know, there are a lot of good footballers that have come from Newry, but they get to a point where the bigger teams are coming in and offering more money, and you know, with a greater chance of success at the highest level. So that becomes a difficulty at the minute. We have a, a team that's um, broadly local based. Um, you know, again, when we are into the Premiership. The last time you're exhausting, um, you know, the area in terms of who is fit to play at that level. You see, even you know, again going back to to Warren Point, you know, would they have eleven lads from Warren Point that are fit to play Premiership football? That's that's difficult to get, which is why they end up having to branch out elsewhere. So it's the higher up you go, it's more difficult um, to get local lads. But we've been we've been very lucky. We do have that local core, um, you know, in the change rooms. From from we reformed um, eight years ago, and for me it's vital to have that um, because there is that immediate connection between the players and and the fans. But uh, it doesn't mean that you have to be near your play for for near. You know we we take players wherever we can get them from as long as they're good enough to play for us. It's just an area that I've always found fascinating. You know, in terms of the recruitment of players, because. We can all get a bit lazy in conversations. I'm not including you in this, Darren. Where we can say, well, where are they going to find another ex, you know, striker, another winger? Where where is this team going to find another player of this position? And you might not always be aware of the talent that is out there underneath the surface, outside probably of the top flight. Where uh, you know a lot of these guys, unless you put in the hard work and you've people out watching teams, um, they might just be happy kicking an amateur or you know ball around amateur league with their mates and, and never go spot it. Yeah, well, because I'm from Derry and, and I would know a lot about local football, you know, there are very few players um, that you aren't aware of that would be fit um, to either play some of the youth teams or come through the ranks and play for the first first team. So it's not as if we've missed too many. And, and it's a great opportunity now for any young dad to come through. I mean, John John McGovern, you take it, his, his dad contacted me one day, they came back from holidays and he wanted to get back playing a bit of soccer. He'd been playing the Gaelic for a while. Came down and played pre-season friendly and came on for the last half hour and he was excellent and you've seen how quick his career has has you know shut off since so if you're good enough you'll certainly get a chance at, at Newry but again if you look at young Brian Healy from Belfast signed for us in the summer 16 and you know just turned 17 and signed a professional contract for us so if you're young enough and, and you know good enough yeah, it's, it's great if you're from Newry because you have that local collection but um, you know I'll, I'm happy enough to give any young player an opportunity 
Well, John McGovern's a great example, isn't he? Uh, one or two championship players that was involved in the under-21 setup, and certainly, you know, he, he set up a goal in the Lithuania game, and uh, he came on. I thought looked very good in, in the Malta game. Probably should have came on sooner in hindsight. Um, he's obviously a player you're going to want to try and keep a hold of as long as you can, but it would appear he's got quite a bright future. Yeah, and look, there would be, be nobody more happier for him to succeed at, at our level than, than myself and everybody else involved with Newry, you know, because um, he, he'll deserve it. Great kid, great attitude. You know, if, if he doesn't succeed at whatever level, it certainly won't be for lack of effort because his attitude has, has been excellent from the day and he came with us. And we're down to watch him in the first game uh, against Lithuania at, at Balamina and I actually thought he would have started then against um, Malta, but doing really well. You know, he not get ahead of himself. Um, there's certainly no urge of graces with him. And at the minute, all he needs to do is just keep keep doing what he's doing and, you know, things will take care of themselves. It's crazy because when I look through your squad list, there's there's a few older heads in their 30s, which is, you know, an important thing, obviously, for a team. If you're pushing for anything, you need that experience in there. But there are a lot of young players. Um, it seems like there's nobody kind of in that in-between bracket at the moment. What's that like to manage? Because it's very different personalities, I guess. Yeah, it is. I think at one stage, um, John's, John and, and James Teams combined age was uh, the same as one of the players that we had. I think it was QG at the time, our, our engine. But um, yeah, look, it, it makes for, for, for good crack at training, to be honest, because you do have the older group and then you, you have the younger group and you do need that mix. Um, you know, having a group that's all towards the end of their careers, you know, isn't isn't good. Um, and, and having too young a group can also be, be difficult in terms of managing games. So we have a really good mix at the minute, really good change rooms, and that's one thing that I have to say with the players over the years. Um, you know, that is that is added to our success because we have that bond. You know, training's been good, change rooms good, you know, it's it's you need for me you need that mix and we we have we definitely have a have a, a mixture of different types of personalities. So it uh, it makes for good fun during the week. As you alluded to earlier, it's Wilger Park and ex-Dundella. They've already taken a couple of points off you this season in a draw at your place. So um, what's the message here? Is this a revenge mission? No, it's it's really just the next game. You know, there's nothing revenge about it. They came up to, to Newry that day and, and tried to frustrate us. And, and in fairness, they did. Um, you know, credit to them. So it's up to us to go on and break them down. You know, their last home game, they went and beat Ards 2-0. So um, you know, it's a tough place to go. You know, I'm actually surprised they're in there down that that area, I thought when you at the start of the season you're looking at it and the players have signed, you would have thought they went higher up. So that'll be I'd imagine that's just a matter of time before they do. So we just need to make sure that, that you know we don't give them any openings to, to go and win the game. We know what it's about. It's, it's a tight pitch, difficult place to go, you know, on the lights I'm sure there'll have a few more fans on a, on a Friday night. But we're we're looking forward to all the games now on our away record. It's probably better than our home record at the minute. So uh, we'll go there with, with no fear and it's an opportunity for us to get another one. And just, I guess, reflecting over the past couple of years and all the challenges that football has faced, just how much are you enjoying things now compared to you know everything that you've you've seen and been through as a football club in recent years? Yes, but it's difficult, I suppose, for most teams and managers. It's very frustrating because you're the, the first point of contact you know, when players are asking, when are we going to be back playing? What's happening with the league? And that, and that can be very frustrating. You're taking it on your shoulders. So uh, that was difficult. Um, you know, once we knew we were back playing football, you, you had something to, to aim for. So it's it's great. The, the games are coming thick and fast. You know, the weeks are flying in. So it's, it's great. And it's one of those ones that manage, you know, you try not to get too high and, and, and not too low. It's, it's a whole lot easier not to get too high than this, you know, to let a result affect you. I'm sure it's the same for, for all managers out there at any level. So 
we're just delighted to be back, back playing back and forth. When you see the fans, even Saturday and like Breda, they're traveling, they're large numbers and the enjoyment you see and their faces and, you know, should it be young or old? It's great to see. Um, you know, should it be championship or premiership, whatever. So we're enjoying it. You know, I'd rather be stuck in the mix of, of a promotion battle than, you know, sitting waiting for, for word to get back playing football. No, there's certainly uh, nothing quite like it. And um, with you having had that experience, do, does it change your approach at all? I'm just interested in the learning because, as you said, you weren't really, you know, you, well, you weren't the favourites to get promotion uh, when you did get promotion um, and, and you came through against Carrick Rangers over the two legs in the playoff. Um, and I remember being there that night and, and seeing how much it meant to you, you know, a few years down the road. Does it change how you prepare for a season, having had that experience? No, you obviously have a discussion at the start of the season and set your goals to the group, which was promotion. You know, that's that's why we made set, I think it was seven signs at the time, and those players wanted to come with a, with the chance of of getting promoted. Um, so we set our stall out early. Um, but it's 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 just tampering that. Um, I wouldn't say ambition, but just expectations to make sure that you're not getting carried away. Certainly, when when the six games were in and people were taking us as as early favourites because of the start, you know, we, we didn't get carried away at all. And it wasn't as if you were you were trying to ha- to to tone down the players' celebrations or their attitude and they were, they didn't look at that because we do have that experience within the dressing room as well. So in terms of the preparation, it's it's very little. A lot of the lads it's a case of managing themselves because of um the experience they've had. We've had players who have played in the premiership, a lot large majority of them players who have won this league before or got promoted out of it. So it's just it's up to me as a manager just to make sure everything's in place um, to help us get promoted. Um, but in, in terms of anything different, you no, know, the old the boring cliche of one game at a time. That's all it is. You know, we're not looking any further than the Dundee game on Friday night. If you start looking too far ahead, you're going to get caught out. And last question from me, just curious because it's such a tight pack of the other teams you faced. Who's impressed you most this season? Who's impressed me most? Um, there's nobody that hasn't impressed me. That, that's that's an easier answer than that because they've all been good. And I'm not just sitting on the fence. Even going back to Queens, Queens were very very good against us. Um, knocked the ball up really well. And I watched the highlights against um, Dundalla from last week. You know they were impressive. Ballam Mallard beat us beat us at home. You know that was probably our most comprehensive um, defeat, if you like. So um, probably the Ballam Mallard game sticks out from that. You know there we had a really good one against them uh, a couple of weeks back. So I would expect them to be in the round. Um, the the uh, the promotion place at the end of the season. We will certainly be keeping an eye on it. It's been great catching up with you, Darren. Thanks for coming on. No problem, Michael. Thanks. The score with Michael Clark. Tell you what, it's going to be a really interesting remainder of the season in the championship, and we will be in the coming weeks talking to different clubs there so if there's someone from your club you think we should be chatting to or something going on in the championship you think we should be chatting about and send me a tweet at m clark show or contact the show itself the score and i on facebook on twitter and on instagram now before we look at the premiership fixtures for this weekend i want to talk about the international action that we have been treated to yes the women were away to North Macedonia. They're going to be at home against them on Monday. And what a game. A marvellous 11-0 win. Something that I don't think many people could have honestly seen coming. Well, to be right about it, I don't think any of us saw it coming. 
England have been the pace setters in this group, and that's no surprise. A perfect four from four record for them, and within that, an 8 0 win over North Macedonia, a 10 0 win over Luxembourg, a 10 0 win over Latvia, and a 4 0 win over Northern Ireland. And we take all these things and we look at them, and you think, well, if England are winning 8 against North Macedonia at St Mary's Stadium in Southampton, then when we go out there, you would think, even if we are to win, and you would like to think where we're at now, we should be able to win, you still think it wouldn't be a margin like this. So it is a tremendous scoreline, and it's not just a wow factor result, it is a record, it's the biggest win that any Northern Ireland senior team has ever produced so congratulations to them for that within that four goals for Simone McGill who now has 20 equaling uh, Kyle Lafferty so uh, both of them are the second highest scorers for Northern Ireland and the joint top highest scorers both in 36 wonderful how it all works out uh, joining David Healy is now Rachel Furness after her hat trick in the game we'll be hearing from the pair of them in a moment getting their post-match reaction because their goals are so crucial, obviously, for everything that uh, the Green and White Army are hoping for in terms of where we want to be. And it actually gives Northern Ireland a chance still to kick on in these World Cup qualifiers because we need the goal difference. We need to try and get uh, that advantage over Austria if we can possibly manage it because we drew with Austria, of course. We're now level on points with them. Their next game is against England and I think Northern Ireland fans can all now come together and say we'll be cheering on England in that one. If that works in our favour, then we can go above them with a win over North Macedonia, which you would like to think would happen at Seaview. And we still have to play Austria. We still have to play England. So who knows what is possible? Could we frustrate and hold England to a draw when we meet them over here? Could we go out and get a result in Austria, bearing in mind that they struck so late against us to deprive us of a win? And if you're second, you don't qualify for the World Cup automatically, I'm afraid to say. You go into playoffs and then you're still up against it. But the fact is, Northern Ireland are right in this hunt. And a result like that means we're three uh, goals off Austria's goal difference tally with that North Macedonia game on Monday still to come. If we can rack up another performance like this, which I know sounds incredibly greedy, but we need to think like that and be more ruthless and be believing and be attacking, which we have been under the manager, Kenny Shields, then who knows? Who knows? It allows you, at the very least, to continue to believe that Australia-New Zealand 2023 could still be within our reach, because it definitely is still within our reach. Although I have to say, getting to the playoffs in itself will be an achievement, because Austria is such a good nation. And then beyond that, getting through the playoffs. Pretty Herculean. But... Never say never, and uh, we certainly will not be lying down. So in a moment or two, we'll hear from uh, the, the two women that really helped make this uh, a day to dine out on for some time in Skopje. But before that, let's hear from the international manager, Kenny Shields, who after the game was explaining that the past is helping to motivate them for the future. The players have had years and years and years of... Uh, getting hammerings and we don't like it but we're trying to pay back a lot of those years and you could see the 
the immense intensity and how they wanted it so much all week I've witnessed this and we come out of the traps from the first whistle and we got a couple of goals early on and it, you know you can't feel sorry because these girls just went through this and now they're delivering that to to this team here and, and it was you know with nine players missing tonight or today sorry nine players we had missing and they had four or five or six missing and it's uh, but we still throughout the period we've always had players missing we've never had our strongest team and we've still got a lot of good players to come in from that injury list that's the good side performance wise Kenny it was a, a blistering start obviously kind of smelt blood early on bit of a dip in the second half almost because in that sort of performance for 90 minutes, pretty difficult. Yeah, I don't know if it was a dip, but it's there's two energies happening. There's the energy of the team that's taking a battering, and you have the energy of the team who's monopolising the actual game. So, if 10% of that goes and 10% of that goes that way, it sort of neutrals things so it's a little bit. But we still hit the bar twice, and with lots of. Uh, good chances to get more goals that were skirmishes around their goal mouth so I think we had the same monopoly of the game but I agree with you that it wasn't, we lost a bit of fluidity in, in how we got in behind them but making so many subs is going to do that and it was cut between the fact that we want to catch Austria's goal difference so we needed goals but I have to get people game time because the process that we have is a developmental process where we're developing players in anticipation of them coming in. So I took Julie and Mac off to give the young girls an opportunity to express themselves in the international team. And those changes that Kenny's talking about, one of them being Rachel McLaren coming on for her debut. Great moment for her. What a game to be involved in replacing her Crusaders teammate Julie Nelson. So an opportunity to develop players, part of what was in the thought process of the manager. He was able to make some changes there and Northern Ireland going on to win 11-0. A ruthless display without question. And uh, yes, North Macedonia team ranked 83 places lower in the world rankings, but it does not detract at all from what was uh, a really clinical showing and seven of the 11 goals came from these two women. Let's hear the thoughts of Simone McGill. But first, Rachel Furness, who were speaking to the Irish Football Association's John Gillespie after the match. The score with Michael Clark. You beat both David Healy's goal scoring record today. How does it feel? It feels fantastic. I think, you know, first and foremost, it was about having a good good team performance today and try and be as clinical as we, as we could and I mean I'm, I'm over the moon that I managed to add to my goal tally and yeah I'm just it was just amazing to be back on the score sheet for Northern Ireland. You've got somebody here beside you who's actually creeping up the goal tracks beside you for Simone today like how did it feel that I mean it was a game you're going to score goals in 
early on when you that, but how does it feel to get that trick and the fourth? Yeah, you know, it feels fantastic. Obviously, I've, I've been away for a wee while, so I've missed some games. So to, to get back out on there with the girls and, you know, it's always a great feeling to score. You know, if it's one, if it's four, it doesn't matter. So, you know, I think most importantly, we came here and we were clinical, we were ruthless and that's what we wanted to be today. So to contribute to that, it's a fantastic feeling. We saw the pictures yesterday training, you two swarm with each other. Obviously, you've uh, got that celebration out today. Yeah, do you know what we said jokingly? If we score, we'll do it. Um, but yeah, just a, just a bit of banter between me and Simone. You know, it's for me personally, it's great that Simone's back on the pitch with us. Um, I think everything stuck to her today, and I think you know she was fantastic from from minute one and thoroughly deserved our four goals. So I think as a team, it was it was great to have Simone back. And yeah, who, we'll, we'll have a little celebration. Uh, yeah, it's going to become a trend, I think. Um, just give us a sense of like. Um, how open you felt that game was from the offense. As a player, you smell blood, do you? Yeah, you know, these are the games that, that you love, you enjoy, you know, and just getting on the ball, linking, linking up, it's just great. And, you know, we really got to express ourselves today and, you know, we didn't take our foot off the gas at all and that's what we wanted to make sure we'd done today because, you know, we've spent years you know where that's maybe happened to us and we've been on the receiving end of that and we know how that feels but you know I think it's, it's vitally important and goal difference matters in this campaign so we wanted to make sure that we were clinical today. Obviously Rachel on the Monday night obviously get that behind us now and, and won't be professional again on Monday night this Yeah I think we'll we'll regroup we'll focus and we'll put put Oneto in on the training ground and you know we won't get carried away. We, we aren't a nation that that does that. Like Simone said, we we've always been kind of on the other end of, of them of this um, score result. Sorry. Um, so yeah, we will refocus and we'll see what we can do coming into Monday night to to win the game and hopefully it's convincing as it was today. Last question for you each. What was your favourite goal today? Go to you, Simone. Oh, um, I actually think my first one. I just think the link up. The just you know it was a bit of a team goal. You know the link up. Fernie recognising and I think the assist was actually a Meg's through so I just think it was a lovely a lovely team sort of goal Yeah and for myself obviously after after missing a penalty um, just getting that the, the third one you know it was it was a bit relief and yeah it was just it was a fantastic feeling to, to score the hat-trick <laughs> No I think I heard Beck say um, square but I just thought I'll get there first and smash it as hard as I can and you know sometimes that works and thankfully it went in the back of the net here, here. Here's hoping for more goals for the Merseyside duo, Rachel Furness of Liverpool and Everton's Simone McGill. Um, maybe some of you thinking about the mathematics of the group. England are on 12 points, Austria 10, Northern Ireland 10, Luxembourg 3, North Macedonia 3 and Latvia, sadly for them, yet to pick up a single point. So the other way of looking at it as well, just for everyone that wants the, the, the big picture, I guess, is if Austria were to win in England on Saturday, Austria would go top of the group and then Northern Ireland actually would have a chance to go above Austria if they pulled off a big win in their match on Monday. So who knows what way the permutations will be, but there's a train of thought to say just have one team run away and win the group and then fight for that playoff place and you know have a bit of realism about it. But who knows, if you want to go full hog on the dream, Maybe you actually want Austria to beat England, Northern Ireland to win their game, and then Northern Ireland to go out, win in Austria, and take something off England at home. If you really want to dream big, there's a way of doing it. But uh, certainly, that would be, if you were a percentages person, probably a less likely chance. But, hey, 
Dream big. Now let's look ahead to the action taking place this weekend in the Danske Bank Premiership. Not forgetting that there's also a full round of fixtures on Tuesday. Matches coming thick and fast at the moment. Gives you maybe a bit of an extra reason to think of your fantasy football team and who you want in there, who you want to be captained, all that sort of good stuff with uh, these games coming up thick and fast. And weather permitting, of course, because the weather has been miserable. So let's just cross our fingers, cross our toes, and hope that all the games get to go ahead. And there is one Friday game before we even get on to Saturday. That's Glen Torren against Dungannon Swifts at the Oval. Mick McDermott's side had a good win against Crusaders. It took a peach from Plummer really well. Hit free kick, you might question. Smallest man on the wall, on the outside of the wall, Charlie O'Rourke. He's had a very good season so far, but that's the player it's bent over. And the perfect placed finish. Something that uh, Glenn Torham fans would be glad to see him doing again because when he hits them well and gets into that rhythm, he starts to provide quite a few more goals, doesn't he? A uh, set-piece specialist who, just for a while, kind of went off the boil. But if this is the return to his best form, well then, uh, watch out, everybody. Dungannon, actually, their last game was also against the North Belfast Club. On Tuesday, they went down 2-0 in the end at home there. Declan Cadell getting his first goal in a while in that one. So looking at this, who would you pick? Maybe not surprising to say Glen Torren have to be the favourites. They've won the last six meetings between the two sides, including a 3-2 win at Stangmore at the start of the season. And you have to actually go back to New Year's Day 2019 for the last time that Dungannon won at the Oval. And I don't think too many people will be tipping them for uh, some success under the lights tonight. So Glen Torren Clearly going to be favourites going into that one. Dean Shields side, um, market underdogs. But you never know. So uh, let's see what we're talking about this time next week on the show. In terms of the Saturday games, four of those are three o'clock kickoffs. Ballymena United against Crusaders. Crusaders have won the last two trips there by one goal to nil. So it's tight and it tends to be that sort of place where it isn't straightforward for them and it can be a little nervy and they do have some bad memories of going to the Ballymena showgrounds in the not-too-distant past. And indeed, the Sky Blues knocked them out of the League Cup last month. That was at Seaview, so if they can do that there, well then, who knows, quite frankly. David Jeffrey's side, it's been a tough old season. Let's not beat around the bush. They are looking for some sort of reaction after their defeat at home against Carrick Rangers. Stephen Baxter's men, they're eyeing the opportunity to creep up the league table. And I think that is what we might see but I'm not expecting it to be a high scoreline there. Elsewhere, it's Carrick Rangers against Warren Point Town. Stuart King's side have five wins already in this campaign. After just 14 matches, they managed only five wins in the whole of last season. So it shows you a big improvement has been made here. Contrast that with the miserable period that Warren Point Town have had to endure. Their board have come out to quash rumours that their manager is on the way. Barry Gray here to stay is the message that they're putting out loud and clear this week. Could this match maybe be a turning point for the Milltown men? They did lose in August in Carrick, but unbeaten in the three trips prior to that, winning two. So could this be where things start to improve? It's been a tough slog in this run, where wins have been so hard to come by in the Premiership. Beaten in every game since they won on opening day, and a fact that they want put to bed as soon as possible, naturally. Carrick Rangers, looking at their form, might just feel that they can edge this one. But don't expect it to be 
as straightforward as some might have you believe. Coleraine take on Cliftonville at the showgrounds. We've heard what Stephen Laurie's had to say about that game. Cliftonville haven't won there since 2018. They've lost three of their five visits since. And they weren't at it against Linfield either, it must be said. Granted, not helped by a number of key players missing in midfield. And with that, it probably didn't allow them to approach the game in the manner that they would have liked. But take nothing away from Linfield. They were much the better side and probably should have won by more than one goal. But on this game, will the visitors extend their lead at the top or will they find that gap carved down to a single point? Oran Kearney is certainly eyeing up that. These two, should they be called the, the wee two in the top six rather than the big two, which uh, obviously when we say we mean Linfield and Glen Torren, because they, these are the two part-time teams. How dare they disrupt the balance of things? When you look at the rest of it, you have three teams there who are full-time and one team who are three-quarter full-time or whatever is the correct terminology for Crusaders. So looking at this, here's the two part-time teams sitting Corian second, Cliftonville first, and it'll be one to watch that battle, uh, certainly with all the top six, but between those two and Corian wanting to fashion their way up the league table and not allow anybody else beneath them the opportunity to rise above them because it is going to be an almighty scrap and this period in the build-up to Christmas and uh, in and around the holidays it's just going to be really exciting I think there's going to be lots of twists and turns prepare to lose your mind one week and then have your faith restored the next I think it's going to be that sort of uh, time in the league where there will be lots of hyperbole lots of speculation about who finishes where and we'll probably be none the wiser still come the start of January but let's wait and see the other 3 o'clock game is Portadown against Larne. Larne have won two of their last three visits to Shamrock Park. Both of those by a single goal, but they did fall to defeat there in April. So Portadown have the ability to beat Larne and have done it recently. They have been frustrating though, haven't they Portadown? Because they upped their game against the big teams and haven't done enough against the teams in their half of the table. But they can point to frustrating Linfield in a draw at the beginning of the month and you know, looking at this again, can they replicate that sort of performance against Lauren? That's obviously what the Invermen will be wary of. They're hoping to come firing back after that defeat that we discussed earlier against Coleraine. Lauren will go into this game thinking they've got the tools to get the job done, and I suspect they might, but don't expect Portadown to make it easy for them. And uh, of the final games taking place this weekend, Linfield away to Glenavon. That's at half past five. Finished scoreless at Morningview when they met in September. The Lurgan Blues won 3-2 in the home encounter prior to that. It hasn't been a happy hunting ground in truth there for David Healy's side. Only one win in their last five trips down there against Glenavon. So what way will it pan out this weekend? Well, Glenavon, they romped to a three-goal win against Warren Point. Linfield, they impressed against Cliftonville. So two teams coming in. You would think with a bit of confidence here, looking at it, could it be a draw? I think Gary Hamilton would be very happy and would bite your hand off for one of those right now. But I suspect that Linfield will end the uh, little unhappy spell that they've had at Mormview by uh, keeping the pressure on the sides above them, if not climbing over a couple the way the fixtures fall this weekend. Just quickly to run through the Tuesday games because these are going to potentially undo some people's good work at the weekend. Corian against Glen Torren. I mean, you know, it sells itself. It's a huge game. Crusaders against Portadown at Seaview. Dungannon Swifts against Glenavon. 
Lauren against Cliftonville, which the BBC are showing, incidentally, BBC showing Glenavon Linfield as well. Uh, Linfield are home against Carrick Rangers and Warren Point Town versus Ballamina United. Big games taking place and uh, they feel like they take on greater significance when they come so quickly. Tough run for a few of the clubs. So we're going to see little runs end it and maybe new runs beginning. So let's see what we're talking about this time next week. Who do you think will be top of the league by the time we do this show next week? Cliftonville, will they have it their way? I mean, what a, a tough series of games there for them. Away to Corian, then away to Larne. Corian, okay, fine, home advantage, but they've got Cliftonville, and then they've got Glen Torren, and that's just the top two. You could do that story the way down. So Linfield might just feel like Glenavon away. Carrick at home is a little kinder for them if they're going to try and uh, pull a few more points together. And Glen Torren, just to recap what way their bread is buttered this weekend. It's Dungannon Swifts at home for them tonight and then away to Corain. So nothing's going to be decided just yet, but uh, it does illustrate where we're at in the league season. Uh, worth pointing out as well that Linfield and Crusaders, 26 and 25 points respectively, have played 13 games while it's Cliftonville, Corain, Lauren Glentorn have played 14. So good luck. I think your Niffle Fantasy football team needs a bit of work now. Who are you going to put as your captain? Because you've got, you know, everybody's playing two games so you need to pick this one right maybe this is a good week to uh, go all in and make sure your subs get the points and all that sort of malarkey as well but uh, good luck to you in that I need to pay more attention to mine but uh, we're bang out of time so for me all that remains to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport bye bye <laughs>